Welcome to the Ether. Today is Wednesday, March 29th, 2023. Today on the Ether, the Astroport Community Call. MEV on Astroport. Let's take a listen. Let's go around the horn and, and just introduce ourselves. I know there's some familiar faces, but um, uh, maybe starting with the Skip team we've got over here. Sure. Yeah. And uh, thanks for having us. Uh, so I'm, I'm Magnus. I'm one of the co-founders of Skip. Juicy uh, Jeremy is uh, one of the sort of lead design architects on our, our solution that we're building up for Astroport. Um, but just a background on Skip, we are an MEV team uh, in Cosmos. We are about a year old now. Um, we build the MEV solutions for most major Cosmos chains at, at this time. Um, we launched something called Protorev on Osmosis, which captures arbitrage profit back. It's made about 20 something thousand dollars for the Osmosis community. Um, and then we also have a product called Skip Select, which is a uh, top of block auction that we've shipped to a bunch of different chains, including Juno, Terra2, Injective, uh, Epmos, and about a team of 15 people. And excited to be here talking about the first ever potential integration with a uh, front end to do, to do similar MEV things. Um, super excited about this and to spearhead this with Astroport. Thanks for inviting us. Yep, yo, yo. My name is Jeremy, uh, also part of Skip. Kind of do a lot of things there, but mainly kind of data science work, uh, arbitrage bot work, and then uh, worked on Protorev. And then now I'm working on uh, this work here for Astroport. Hey, uh, is, that, is that everybody for the Skip team right now? Uh, yeah. Like it. Hey, so uh, this is Kyle. Um, I'm with Defiant Labs, um, actually our product Redpoint, which is what the proposal is about for Astroport, is gonna be moving, it's gonna be its own product moving forward. Um, in the past with Defiant, uh, we've built a lot of things for, for Cosmos, mostly grant-based. Um, some of you might know our tax product, Sycamore. Um, currently that's out on Osmosis for anyone who wants to do their taxes with it. Um, and uh, yeah, I've been in the space for about a year. Um, I'm moving more in the direction of focusing on arbitrage stuff, um, hence Redpoint. So excited to talk to you guys about that. Uh, Stefan, I think we have you on the line as well, um, hopefully. Oh yeah, I'm here. Um, hi everyone. Um, as you might know, I am part of past reports. I mainly do a lot of research to see what can be built for Astroport so it becomes the best AMM in Cosmos and hopefully in crypto in general. Um, and I also do a lot of governance stuff. You can probably see me on the forum. Okay, great. Um, yeah, uh, and welcome to our audience here. Uh, thank you all for coming. I think this will be an interesting conversation today. Um, Deeps DeFi work over um, at Orbital Command, part of the validator team there. Um, but also just a community member, a little bit of the Delphi Maxi, if you will. 
Uh, so Ashbourne Mars, but I'm excited to be able to host this for you all today. And um, thank you to all the speakers who are attending and, and joining this with us. But I think maybe a good place to start, uh, just not having any assumptions on what our audience does and doesn't know, is maybe a brief introduction to MEV. Uh, just give us some of our basic vocab. Uh, what, what should we know? Sure. I can try to um, give that a shot. So, uh, I mean, there's, there's many sort of like parallels for MEV, I think, that, that can be helpful. Like one that I like to resort to sometimes is uh, like the parallel of an airplane. Uh, so you have, you know, different seats on an airplane, right? You have first class seats, you have your economy, I don't know, your, your, your comfort plus. And then you have, uh, you know, just like a variety of sort of different classes. And it would be foolish, um, you know, from a, from a layman's view to price all of those seats the same, right? Because what would you do if you priced the first class seats the same as the economy seats? Well, you would probably have this like crazy big race to try to get those immediately, right? As soon as the this, this seats go on sale. And the airline, right, uh, could charge a lot more and have a lot more revenue if it actually priced things more closer to the willingness of people to pay because those seats are more valuable than the economy seats, right? And so MEV is sort of a similar thing, except it comes to block space, right? So the, the mid-bottom of the slot of a block might have a different value to somebody than the first top-of-block slot. In fact, we found that the top-of-block slot is about 5 to 10 times more valuable than a different slot sort of later down or for further down sort of the stack in terms of block space. So uh, going back to the airline example, Cosmos doesn't care as right now. It prices the first class seats and the economy seats just the same. Um, so when you gas up your transaction on Kepler or whatever you use, that doesn't actually move you higher up the queue. It doesn't have any effect on your execution at all, which is like something I think people don't realize yet. Um, and then we've also realized that sort of like, so, so that's one thing, right? So MEV is this concept of, um, capturing value by sort of like, uh, there being different prices to being like in certain positions. We've also realized that being after transactions or specific transactions can be valuable as well. So, um, for example, like our ProtoRef product on Osmosis, which this last weekend generated about $16,000 for the community, um, recaptures arbitrage after transactions and Astroport sort of has like a similar opportunity where Astroport trades generate MEV because oftentimes they will unbalance pools. Um, and this is something that I think both us and Redpoint have realized and, and sort of like trying to s solve around. Um, and that's that arbitrage uh, is, is, a, is a profit that's going to go somewhere, right? Um, right now, it's going to leave the system and it's going to be captured by bots. Uh, or it's going to be captured by people using, let's say, the skip auction. Um, and in the future, it could go somewhere else, right? Um, so, you know, I, I think MEV is really this question of pricing block space um, and there being sort of value in certain orderings and uh, arrangements of block space or, or transactions in a block. Hey, um, I, I agree with everything uh, you just said. I just want to give my kind of perspective on uh, arbitrage as a uh, mechanism that most affects the um, Ash report decks. Um, so MEV as a whole is is bigger than just um, arbitrage. So let me get let me try to 
give you my my definition of of just arbitrage. So whenever a user is buying a token, let's say they're buying an Astro token, um, that token has a price. And since we're all talking about decentralized exchanges here, obviously that price is not controlled by a person. Like that price is actually controlled by the mathematics behind the liquidity pools that they're trading through. Um, so at a really high level, if you buy if you buy a lot of something, that's going to affect the price of that asset, and vice versa. If you sell a lot of something, it's going to also affect the price of that asset. So arbitrage is is basically if you think of multiple markets like Ashreport being one, um, even within Ashreport, you can think of it as having multiple markets because there's multiple ways to buy or sell a single token. Um, Arbitrage is really the mechanism by which you get price advantages by trading um, in different different routes, so through different liquidity pools and in different amounts from one token to another. Um, because when you're buying a lot of Astro, you're making that token more expensive. So that's what you guys would see on the Astroport UI. Um, Usually they form it, uh, they give you like a slippage amount, that sort of thing to make sure that your the price you receive isn't too bad. So I think a lot of UIs will set that to like 1% max slippage, but that's really what that is there for to ensure that the user is not, you know, getting too bad of a rate when they make their trade. But really what the bots are doing after the fact is they're arbitraging those trades. So I, I think to bring it back like that, in a nutshell, is what um, what we're talking about here when we talk about these proposals that are coming up on chain. And yes, like like Skip was saying, um, block placement does come into that a lot because of the you know certainty of where you're placing your trade versus where everyone else on the chain is placing their trade. It can be very advantageous to make sure like you're first. Um, so yeah. You guys have anything to add to that? No, I think I think that was a great summary. Um, yeah, like there, I think there's, you know, there, there's, there's a, there's also like this dimension of like good versus bad MEV, right? So like I think one thing that we and Redpoint um, so far have I think aligned on is like no one here is trying to sandwich Astroport users, right? People here are trying to find a way of, of taking this back-running MEV, which is not affecting your execution price, um, and sort of distributing it back better and, and, try, and discussing different points of doing that. So like, that's one thing that I think is quite commendable, right? Like um, on Uniswap, for example, there's a ton of sandwiching going on, right? And like, that's something that we haven't really seen in Cosmos yet. And I'm, I, we're excited on our side, sort of coming to the space with this narrative that you know, we can do better in Cosmos and not have those kinds of MEV, which is pretty just, it just takes, you know, money out of your pocket. Um, and so I'm excited that that's really the conversation of, of how, um, you know, these integrations are going. Yeah, that's um, the great, great summaries, uh, I think, from both sides, right? Just that, that, um, that high level of, from Skip, just about, you know, the order of transactions within a block can be advantageous. And then, um, to uh, Kyle's point about um, just basically taking advantage of price differences, uh, typically across LPs to to arbitrage, right? I think that I think that makes it really clear. So um, 
thank you for that. And that and that last piece as well about maybe the difference between um, you know EVM chains and, and and Cosmos and how we're targeting MEV. I think that I think that's an interesting point that um, maybe we'll circle back to as we get towards the end of this call. It's it's definitely interesting to me. Um, but I am curious. We'll keep this open ended. Uh, really, how did we get to this point? Like, I know there's a proposal out there. Um, there have been a couple different MEV discussions that have evolved from interacting with Redpoint. Um, would anyone from either the Skip or the Ashford team, Redpoint, want, want to talk about the recent proposal that's up? Um, maybe give a little bit of a summary. So I, I guess uh, Skip, Skip can go first if if they like. Um, they're, I'm not going to try to give a... <laughs> summary of their proposal and probably not vice versa. So you guys can go ahead. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, I mean, like, here's the, here's the sort of background um, of, of our engagement with Ask Report. So, you know, I think, I think what happened on with Proto-Rev on Osmosis, which is currently live, was an exciting thing for the ecosystem. Um, it's the first time that like a DEX has really recaptured um, uh, you know, it's it's MEV and can distribute that now back to back to its protocol and users. And I think it's been exciting just to see how well that has performed. Um, and I think that sort of spurred the initial conversations with Astroport saying like, well, like we, we know we know Astroport is not a chain, but, you know, as a front end and as a smart contract platform, uh, you know, does it make sense here to have some kind of integration, right? So we're, we were already, and we are already live on, on a lot of the chains that Astroport was on. And the, 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 the question was, okay, well, can we bring Astroport to the table since it's generating almost all the MEV on the chains that we're live on on the block space side? Can we bring the community to the table and deciding how it can be compensated in some of the rewards? And so we had two proposals that... Um, that, that came out out of that. So the first one was basically this idea where we could uh, back, help backrun ourselves or find somebody to do it um, by sort of like using our existing auction system. There was some good feedback on that, which was like, one, we don't have adoption of our auction on 100% of the validators. It's more like anywhere between 50 to 80%. So there might be a little bit of a delay. And then two, there was like some commentary around um, yeah, the, the delay, and I'd say like also like the 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 transparency of how is revenue getting split between the validators and Astroport itself. And so we launched a second proposal based off that feedback, which totally like had a different mechanism, which was much more auction based. So we removed ourselves from the equation, saying like we won't participate in this auction, um, or or just I guess more necessarily like it's going to be an open auction where an Astroport user can say, hey, this is my trade. And then all of you searchers, like submit your bid for what you want to do to backrun, right? And so the highest payer can take that slot. Um, and we thought this was like more permissionless and also sort of gave a wider opportunity set as we saw more players come to the board like Redpoint. And then we talked to Blink, who was also interested and other players saying like, well, it's probably not the best to like have an exclusive solution here. It's probably best to have something that's um, more wide ranging, um, and that was sort of the what what we launched in our second proposal, which we put on chain and then has recently passed um, on chain. So that's sort of the summary of of our two of our two props. Is there anything anyone else wants to add to that? 
Well, I was just going to ask, um, are we waiting to take questions after um, both proposals summaries, or do you want to take questions now? Um, I, I don't see anyone requesting to speak, uh, but I mean, obviously to the speakers, if you, if you have a question, <laughs> you can ask it at any time. Uh, but I'll, I'll throw that out there for the audience listening. Um, as questions come up, feel free to raise your hand um, and we'll bring you up. And we will have a dedicated segment of time at the end um, for people to ask questions. Okay. Uh, well, I actually do have a, a question for the SKIP team. Um, I saw some different exclusive periods being thrown around for the auction. Are you guys, what is the latest that you guys are thinking on what the exclusive period uh, would be? Yeah, so uh, in the proposal, what we mentioned was that for six, like to get something to market as fast as possible, we would try to work with like one trusted searcher and then like build essentially like an open source bot that that does the back running and run it at 100% bid. Um, and then like receive basic, like we would receive nothing and like give, give whatever 5% just for maintenance so that they could run that infrastructure. Um, by the way, Kyle, the offer is still open if you're ever interested. Um, but uh, our thinking is like, we will do that up to six months, but um, it could be shorter if we, we find sort of, if we're able to like architect the full permissionless order flow system faster than that. And we've been making some good progress that I think we're excited to share soon. Um, but like, there are some tricky problems about making these systems both permissionless as well as safe. Um, and permissionless as, as well as sort of like ensuring uh, that the searchers who participate can bid their maximum safely. And we've made some good progress on that that we're, we're excited to share. Um, another question for you guys is the auction, when you say permissionless and open, is it going to be fully open or will it require approval from like Skip or Ash Report to participate in the auction? So the hope is that it's going to be fully permissionless. Um, that's the plan or that, that's the intention here. So you would not have to like get approval. Um, I think there's also like a regulatory question here, right? So, you know, we're all, I mean, we're a US-based US company. Um, I think there's at least some members of the Delphi team who might be like, we just want to make sure that we're, if we are, you know, selected and if we are asked to build something for Astroport that we're, we're working within the confines of what is important and protecting the Astroport community from that. Um, I think, you know, what we probably, like the cadence that I'm imagining is we're going to have one searcher and just to get the solution out the door and to get revenue, revenue being recaptured and then probably expand that to a couple, do, do that as a test and then like eventually fully uh, make, make it fully permissionless. I think like we've had success in the past with sort of gradual approaches like that. I want to make sure that nothing breaks along the way. Yeah, so I, so I have to say I disagree with you that this can ever be fully permissionless because if you open up a fully permissionless auction, I could just front run all the users' transactions before they even put them on chain. So let's say I just sit there listening to your auction and I wait until, I don't know, Dan B makes a huge trade. I'm just going to front run his huge trade. I'm not even going to participate in the auction and I'm just going to steal money from him by sandwiching him essentially. So I, I would see that as a huge blocker to being able to do this permissionless. Yeah. The good news is we've, we've solved around that one um, that we were just chatting with the Delphi team 
earlier about this and also with the Neutron team. So I think the solution we have there is we're probably eventually going to ask searchers to upload either to a smart contract or to some kind of like private Docker container their code so that they don't actually have access to the trades outside. So they can't coordinate because they never actually see the trades. This is like following along from a lot of the research going on in Ethereum land. Um, so they wouldn't be able to see the trades and sort of like execute things higher up and their logic would sort of be black boxed. That's, I think, probably how we're going to go until, unless we see a better system. I think also like a tool that's available to us, which is nice, is we do, we do have sort of, we are architecting the top of block auctions outside of this. And so I think there's some interesting um, potential uh, to, to basically coordinate the two systems to prevent some of those. But that's like an area of research uh, that, that we're going to go into over time. Okay. I, I can't speak for other searchers. I know I would never upload my code to someone else's controlled um, system, but maybe there's some other technical measures you could take around that. I, off the top of my head, I don't know what those would be. I would think more like if you wanted to make that sort of system work, you would have to have a permissioned auction where you just know everyone, like every address that's in the auction, I know what team it corresponds to. And you can kind of monitor for anyone who's trying to sandwich and you would have to basically do that. Yeah. I mean, it, it could start that way, but I don't think that's like, that's eventually not our goal. I think we've also been exploring and we mentioned this in the proposal, like this concept of um, like batch offering sort of orders. So like, for example, like you could bid for an hour's worth um, of trades. Uh, this is sort of like, this is like similar to some of like the RFQ systems that are emerging on Ethereum, which have which have recently gone well. But Uniswap V3 is actually moving to an to a, a RFQ system for their V4. But the idea of basically sort of giving um, exclusive right to a searcher after some sort of bidding period, and then you can attribute like what happens with those trades to that searcher because only they saw them. Um, I think like that. We, we'd want to experiment with that, but I think the intention remains the same, that we, we, we need to and we want to build this into like a permissionless system. Gotcha. Um, yeah, so I guess I'll, I'll give a rundown of Redpoint. Um, basically, I, I don't think, so we did have two versions of the proposal. I think they're very, <clears throat> very similar. Um, V2, uh, had more of a focus on on-chain. Um, basically, the the issue I see with both Redpoint and Skip's off-chain system is that searchers can't account for every transaction that's happening on the blockchain. Um, obviously, searchers are going to do their best, but most of these searchers are going to be deployed in one location at a time and most likely they're not going to want to bid against themselves sort of thing um so what's going to happen is for any off-chain solutions that exist the searchers aren't actually going to see all of the transactions that happen on chain so they're going to be um getting a user trade from the astro front end that says like you know the user wants to trade I don't know, 10,000 Luna for Astro or whatever. 
and the searcher has to make an estimate for what the arbitrage trade will be. But the problem is that there could be in-flight transactions all over the network that the searcher never saw. In fact, the busier the market gets, the more likely that is. So the way I think about it is, let's say Terra 2 is like, what is it, like six seconds per block? If there's 120 transactions per block, which is very reasonable during a bull market, you could say 20 of those on average would happen per second. So what you're starting to look at is a metric that's telling you that searchers can't possibly see all of those. <laughs> so that's one that's one advantage I think that exists when you use a single searcher. Like if you use Redpoint as your searcher, um, our estimates are going to take less than 10 milliseconds, including network time. So we're going to co-locate with the Astroport front end so that we're close by. They send us the request to estimate the arbitrage opportunity. Our algorithm itself that, that does the um, calculations internally takes less than a millisecond. So you're, you're looking at what I'm telling you is that uh, Redpoint is maximizing the amount of transactions the searcher actually sees on the network by minimizing the amount of time that it takes to estimate the arbitrage. And I, I think that's one advantage we have over like an auction approach because the auction has to be open for some period of time, whether that's a second or half a second. Um, during that second or half a second, the searchers could have missed 20 transactions. Um, and to be fair to the skip team, I think over time the searchers are obviously going to level out their bidding, but I don't I don't know that leveling out that bidding is going to be to the advantage of the Astroport community. It's going to be you know whatever the searcher thinks they can do to make money. So that's kind of like my summary of of the off chain solutions. Um, from a technical perspective, the way the off chain uh, solutions work is they basically package the user's uh, swap and the arbitrage swap into a single transaction, um, which is kind of a technique uh, Redpoint had uh, started looking at like, I don't know, eight months or so ago now. And we've been using it very successfully on osmosis, mostly in a, mostly in a test capacity, since obviously, uh, like Mag was saying, uh, ProtoRev is osmosis's official on-chain solution. Um, so that's kind of a well-tested mechanism. So for Redpoint's on-chain um, solution, basically it's going to work the same way, except there won't be any off-chain portions of the algorithm. All of the algorithm will be encoded in smart contracts. And from the Astroport front-end perspective, all Astroport will have to do is package up the the two uh, swaps, the user swap and the Redpoint um, swap into the into the transaction. And the, the huge advantage that that has over any of the other solutions is that it doesn't matter what transactions are in flight across the across the blockchain network, um, because no matter what when that smart contract executes on chain, it will know all of the all of the pool prices, all of the information it needs to make the best calculation. 
will be available at the time of execution. So that's an enormous advantage if you think about it as, oh, we're in a bull market and there's 100 plus transactions happening per block. Um, that could result in, you know, uh, a huge amount of money being made that wouldn't otherwise be, be made. Um, I think that's that's my summary, uh, if, if anyone has any questions. I guess I have some commentary on, on uh, both approaches. So on the off-chain side, I think both Redpoint and Skip's exclusive searcher and permission set of searchers can price the arbitrage trade path during runtime. So like the the general concept that Kyle is talking about is if the searcher has to decide what path and how much arbitrage they actually want to trade uh, or they want to like make and do the trade, when the Astroport front end sends the searcher the transaction, then the searcher essentially can miss, for example, like 10 transactions that end up also landing on chain before like the the searcher one does. But that assumes the searcher, uh, the searcher's arbitrage trade has to pre-calculate that. So essentially the same way that the on-chain router that Kyle is talking about for the on-chain side, that logic itself can be ported into the searcher contracts for both Redpoint's version one and Skip's version one. And uh, so off-chain searchers can still write a contract that pulls on-chain price data at execution and make the arbitrage trade then such that you don't run into the issue that you can't calculate like the current state of when the arbitrage trades happen. Um, so I guess that's one point that around like the benefit of, or uh, like I, I'm in complete agreement that doing on-chain simulation and being able to, to pull real-time pull data is preferable to actually understand the exact amount you want to arbitrage. Um, but I do think this can be implemented in both the off-chain exclusive searcher, the off-chain auction, or the on-chain router. Um, in all those methods, you could you could do this. Uh, unless I'm yeah, missing that's something. a great. No, you're not missing anything, and that is something that I had considered as well. That's a great point. Um, and for that reason, like if the auction solution was to emerge, that would be Redpoint's plan basically is instead of implementing an off-chain searcher algorithm, it would be a combination of a on and off-chain searcher where the off-chain only simulated like, hey, is it even worth um, is it even worth bidding on this? And then the on-chain would get kind of the exact arbitrage amount. So I think you're spot on with that, but I don't think it would change the reality of how searchers bid on auctions. Um, it's still going to affect bidding one way or another. Um, I, I'm not saying that it's I, that I know how it's going to affect bidding. What I'm saying is that it's very experimental and that nobody knows at this time. And all we can work with is the fact that we know searchers off chain won't actually have all the information they need to make accurate bids. Yeah. Uh, and I think I completely agree with that. Like, what is important to note here that Kyle is pointing out is like this space of order flow auctions in implementation uh, is a very unexplored space, which is partially like the really exciting part about Astroport trying to innovate here. But it is the situation where 
some of these properties are not understood in the wild and what comes out from that. So like <clears throat> the other thing that Carl is mentioning here is the fact that if you have to bid, so like if we force somebody to, when I show you the transaction, you potentially can back run to bid then, and then your back run simulation calculation happens in real time when the transaction ends up on chain, you already placed your bid, let's say 10 seconds before or something before your actual on-chain execution. And during that time, if state changes, that bid may not be reflective of the on-chain uh, arbitrage. Now, what could solve this, and this is a space that we're exploring, is essentially you want to do bid payments. You, want, you could flag bids. And then if the searchers stake to your contract such that I do think in a world where we have a permissionless system, it's permissionless in the sense that or more permissioned in the sense that more searchers can join it, but you would still want them to have some economic state that we can pull bids from to guarantee bid payments, especially if you want to do something like payment after simulation. So you can imagine a world where there's two ways that searchers pay upfront for their uh, to be able to back run something, and then just pay that amount that they claim upfront, or you can take try to take a percentage of bids after simulation. And I think that's the space that I'm really excited for is can you design a solution that tries to merge the best of both worlds uh, of where you have off-chain information and off-chain data and off-chain searchers such that they can price in cross-chain ARB, you know, sexadex ARB, et cetera, or even arbitrage that takes in kind of fancy pools like concentrated liquidity pools while also getting the benefits of an on-chain solution such that you could get real-time simulation and you can get uh, like real-time payment back to Astroport. This is the space that we are trying to head with in Skip to try to merge these two. And I think this largely looks like if those have been following along with the, kind of the account abstraction research in Ethereum land, a lot of that is related to simulation-based payments and doing your best to build a system to ensure the simulation-based payments are, are accurate. And you do that essentially by having the searcher contract that they call uh, their, the, to make the arbitrage trades be limited on certain opcodes that they're allowed to use. Because uh, I imagine Kyle knows some opcodes in Cosmosm can essentially trick simulation such that they say one thing in simulation and then they do something else on chain. But that's the, that's the space that Skip wants to explore is how do you actually merge these concepts to get a solution that tries to get you to the best of both worlds. Um, the downside that I think, or the limitation um, that Predorev has, that uh, you know any on-chain router innovation has in general, is that it is computationally intense for like uh, harder pools than V2 pools. So in the roadmap for Astroport is concentrated liquidity pools. And even concentrated liquidity pools, finding the optimal amount, uh, and adding that gas computation cost per swap may not be ideal. And so you potentially want an off-chain solution that actually allows you to actually price in all these different potential routes and all this different external information while trying to still get the on-chain simulation benefits. Um, I don't want to say that this is like a solved problem strictly yet, because it's not. But I think that's a very promising path that Skip believes we can actually work towards. Um, and, you know, I think this is the path that 
in end state Ashport should want? Yeah, I think um, uh, not to interject too much on a conversation here, but I, I think there was some good discussion back and forth about the, um, you know, this both the on-chain and off-chain solutions um, as you were uh, putting in, Jeremy. But I do want to rebel. We have up here Rebel DeFi uh, patiently waiting uh, to ask a question. So, uh, Rebel, if you want to go ahead and uh, ask your question. Hi guys. Yep. Thanks, Deeps, for um, bringing me up. Um, I'll be honest with you. I'm finding this conversation or discussion. I mean, it's interesting, but as a less technical person, I am finding it quite hard to follow. Um, but my question is, is is kind of about the MEV revenue. So I'm just looking at the Astroport proposal that's up, and it says Skip would like to work with Astroport to co-create a custom MEV solution to recapture MEV and return it to the Astroport community. So, so I think I kind of get what that's saying there. Um, but as a, sort of a part of the, the Orbital Command team, we, we spoke with Skip about being like a, a Skip validator. Um, and the Skip website says, validators running Skip share the MEV rewards, which we can then pass on to our delegators. And it, Maybe Mag can just explain it to me um, because I, I do like the way he breaks stuff down um, and, and makes it sort of understandable to, to, to layman. Um, but it just feels to me like there's like MEV revenue seems to be almost promised to two different groups. Is, I mean, is, maybe I've just got a complete sort of conceptual misunderstanding, but... Um, is it? Can you speak on that at all, Mag? Does that question make sense? Yeah, no, it makes total sense. And I think it was a question that was getting asked, um, especially on the first proposal a lot. So I think this is sort of like what we've realized, right? It's like there are so many parties in the supply chain that, um, that, that like have participation in this, right? Uh, so like from the, the MEV that Astroport generates, is a function, of course, of its own traders. It's also a function of the ecosystem that it's operating in, right? So, like for example, like let's say on its, its Terra, um, uh, like outpost, or like in the future, Injective and Neutron, etc. Um, uh, so the question is, like, who has who has control over over that MEV? Like, who can like sort of decide where it gets directed? The ultimate answer to this question is it is the user that gets to decide. Um, the user, of course, is the one that's creating the trade. They're creating the you know, state changes that cause the MEV to be, that, to, to be created. And they have the you know, ultimate authority at the end of the day, even though they don't normally exercise it because users usually don't think um, about these things as much as some other parties do, uh, to basically decide where their MEV goes. Um, we're sort of like viewing the MEV as part of a sort of end-to-end -end supply chain. Like there is the user on one side that is actually creating the trade that creates the MEV. And then there's the validator that is actually mining block, right? And putting transactions into them. Both have like a say in, in this market. And we're seeing this happen on Ethereum too, where you have things like PBS, which are sort of like, you know, block space auctions. And then you also have order flow auctions, like the one that we're proposing, being created by Flashbots and other parties uh, for the front ends. And ultimately, I think there's going to be a split there 
right? There's going to be MEV that goes back to users. There's also going to be MEV that goes to validators. And, you know, what we realized with Astroport is, you know, like we can't prevent, right? Skip can't prevent, nobody can prevent Astroport from taking back its MEV. Um, it was just a question of, can we make sure that Astroport can do it in a way that's permissionless and open and fair? Uh, and we wanted to make sure that they can and that that system can interface with the system already running on validators over time. So that sort of like there can be a better economic understanding between them. Right. So in the future, Rebel, like what this might look like is like, look at the case of Neutron, right? Neutron is going to do an ecosystem-wide adoption of Mev Tendermint, which and and they've sort of promised to the hub that they're going to give 25% of their MEV rewards back to the hub validators to reward them for validating, right? On the other hand, like we were speaking to, like uh, 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 Avril was was talking on our proposal, and you can see his comment there. Like he supports this proposal because he wants to make sure that applications have a chance to define their own MEV distribution rules as well, right? And I think ultimately there's going to have to be an understanding, right? We can't prevent or force or push any party to recapture more or less. But what we can do is we can create the tools for them to talk to each other and we can create the tools for an understanding to be reached, right? So like, let's say in the future, you know, uh, the Atom validators say, yeah, we're actually not going to support you or your, your chain or your protocol unless we get some of that MEV revenue because we're struggling and we need some of that revenue ourselves, right? then like there's going to have to be a negotiation there um, because, you know, there's a valid point, which is like block space is getting used, right? Uh, Astroport is using, for example, Terra's block space, but also Terra is benefiting immensely from Astroport being there. And so like, as it comes to MEV splits, like we wouldn't be able to decide, but what we do want to create is the ability for there to be like multiple voices at the table when those decisions are being created and to be sort of neutral infrastructure. Um, for those voices to talk to each other and figure out some kind of agreement. Cool. Thank you very much, Mike. That kind of helps my small brain understand what's going on here. Appreciate that. Yeah. Um, th thanks for the question, Rebel. I, and I, I don't think your brain is small. I think I think all of us for a little bit there we're trying to <laughs> we're trying to keep up with all the um, um, with all the discussion. But I, I guess a little bit of a follow up question that I had that I was thinking about is. Um, so I, I was looking at the the OFA model right in the the new proposal, um, this model and and how it kind of differs from the traditional auction model with validators. So uh, can you explain a little bit in this proposal, like exactly how the revenue is split? It sounded like uh, you know a percent is going to skip. Um, how does the revenue get back to the Astroport community? That that piece was a little bit ambiguous to me. Yeah, definitely. Um, so there's two auctions, right? Um, the one is the auction to be able to backrun a transaction um, that is sort of atomically included in that transaction, according to like what Kyle was talking about, which is this this system that we're both proposing, where you can add an additional message to a transaction, then it can be signed atomically. Um, so that's that's the Astroport auction. Then there's the auction for block space, right? So put simply again, one auction to go behind a transaction, then another auction to be where do those two transactions fit inside the block? The two auctions together is kind of what completes the story. Um, 
Because with the first auction, right, the right to be behind a transaction, you're essentially bidding on the right to have first say of what happens after that transaction. But of course, what matters is that I want to try to to keep this simple, but I'm I'm struggling a little bit, I think. Uh, What matters as well is where that takes place inside the block itself. So like, here's a simple example, right? Let's say somebody says, I want to buy a thousand banana coins, right? Uh, for Astra, right? So it's going to push the price of banana coin up and the price of Astro down, right? Not what you want to see. Probably going to be the other way around is my guess. Um, so, so now you see, everybody sees this trade in the block, right? And they're thinking to themselves, well, that's interesting because when you did that trade, when you push the price of banana up, there's another pool over here where the price of banana is lower. I can do this like arbitrage between them and make money, right? There's like 20 bucks on the table. So let's say like you, you bid in the first auction, right? The Astroport auction to be right behind that trade to get first look and you win. Now, what also matters is like where that trade ends up in the block. So if it ends up at the top of the block, then like you'll know exactly sort of how much money you'll make. But if it ends up sort of like, let's say, after a bunch of other banana trades, then it might be a little more murky. And that's where the second auction comes into place. And we do believe over time that there will be like block space auctions um, across all chains. Like that, that's sort of like a skip, um, you know, 10-year plan kind of thing that, that we're hoping that eventually happens because it's good for the ecosystem. And so now you can like, you, you essentially bid in both auctions to make sure that you're getting the state that you want and the location that you want. Um, and because you're bidding in two auctions, the revenue from the first one is going to go to Astroport, which makes sense. It's their users, right? And the, the revenue from the second one is going to go back to the chain because it's their block space, right? It's, uh, you know, it's a, it's a orbital command validated, right? And they're saying, well, like, if I top a block, then you got to pay for it. Um, so the proposal we have here doesn't concern ourselves with the second auction. It's completely the first auction, and 100% of the revenue of the first auction goes back to Astroport. Skip asked for 5% to support the system. Because in other, for, our, for the other auction that we built, uh, we've asked communities for upfront grants. So for example, in the case of Terra 2, we were paid some $200,000. the case of Juno, $350,000. Like we, that's all grant funded. But in this case, we asked for nothing upfront, but just a share of the revenue so that we could, could maintain and support uh, the auction infrastructure, um, but it and of itself fully distributes the revenue back to the Astroport users. Um, right now, it's going to go to an account, and then like we we are we are trusting that Astroport can figure out sort of how they want to distribute that afterwards. And we don't want to, you know, have a say in that at all. We we don't believe that's our place. Um, if it wants to go all the way to the users, that's fine. LPs, that's fine. Some combination, that that's no problem. But the solution does not depend on validators at all. It is not beholden to validators. Um, it's a separate auction. And both are required to sort of like, I think, to be the optimal end state, but it itself, itself does not depend on validators. Okay, great. And, and I was really glad you added that point at the end about the separate account, because that's what I was really trying to get at, um, was like, where is the revenue end state going? So it sounds like it's going to be potentially some kind of Astroport community fund slash pool that Maybe through governance is voted on where that um, where that goes. Um, for the one placing the bids, though, like the searcher, do they 
are they incentivized in some way? Uh, I didn't know if that was part of the proposal because, like, I know the fee is going to skip. I'm just wondering, you know, if all of it is going back to the Ashford community pool, why would searchers place bids? Do you get my question? Yeah. So in the beginning, like with the permissioned version, right? Um, so like we've been chatting to a bunch of different searchers. We have about 300 searchers who use the skip auction today. Um, many of which we don't know. <laughs> They're anonymous in the Discord, um, but you can meet them. Some of them are very talented. Uh, we would give all of the funds that we asked for, right? So the 5% just to that searcher to run a system. So that's the incentive. And then in return, they bid maximum, right? Max bidding. Uh, and and that's that's how it would start. In the permissioned version, or sorry, in the permissionless version, as we get to that, um, there's going to be competition, right? So like you're going to be bidding against other people to try to be first. And the hope is that you can get so good, right? You can get so good. I think maybe red points at this level that you can still bid the most um, and you can still win, but there's still extra profit on the table for you, right? So this is sort of what we've seen in, in Ethereum land, where the best builders, the best block builders, they are, they're bidding enough to constantly win, but they're also, they're also so good that they have additional profit sort of left on the table. So they can take home 5 10% kind of thing. Um, but, you know, otherwise, like, be bidding the most amount of possible. And what we've seen sort of in, in, in Cosmos develop is like, for example, we were on the phone with these guys in Ethereum named Blink who are interested in coming over to Cosmos and, and want to participate in Astroport backrunning. And they're good. They're, they're, they're sex dex arbors, which none of us are talking about right now. So they have a whole Binance setup, right? Level nine, like top of the line kind of system. They're going to bring extra revenue from a completely different source. But like we wanted to make sure that they, for example, have an ability to also participate in atomic backrunning. Um, and so that's that's sort of where we, you know, the kinds of people we want to invite to participate in the system. Hopefully that's helpful and not confusing. Yeah, I, I think that was a, a great description, Mag. Um, from from my perspective with Redpoint, I think the advantages are if if you presume that Redpoint or some other searcher is going to have a five or ten percent overhead, and then you presume that Skip always has their five percent overhead, that's fifteen percent that the chain isn't going to see, right? That's going to other parties. Whereas if Astroport picks Redpoint to be the the MEV provider, um. Not only during the on-chain section is Astroport going to see the maximum amount, but there's only a 5% fee. So while with Skip, yes, you do get the advantage that there's multiple searchers competing, there's also all the issues we previously discussed with searchers having incomplete information to make bids, um, as well as the permissionless um, issues we've described with searchers being able to sandwich transactions and not actually pay the chain anything. Um, whereas with Redpoint, I think it's a lot less experimental. You, you know exactly what you're going to get. Um, and the main disadvantage, which I'm sure Skip would, will point out, or at least their proposal is, is kind of targeted this way, 
is that Redpoint obviously isn't an auction system, so nobody's competing in that sense. Yeah, I mean, look, like, Kyle, we've been chatting for a while. I, I have huge respect for your system. I think it's very good. Um, I think it's been, in, like, inspiring to see and read about it. Like, this is my proposition to you. Like, if it is so good, like, you should be able to compete with it. And, like, let's figure out a way to create this, like, permissionless system so that other people can participate as well. Because ultimately, I think permissionless systems do beat out, you know, individualized or, or, or permission systems where you have an exclusive provider. That's something that we've learned. And maybe it's just more of a thing that we believe in just, you know, philosophically. But that's really our push, right, is to build permissionless systems. Okay, they're hard. Yes. Okay, the searcher is not going to know exactly what state they're executing against. But there are other ways we can solve around this. And like we need all the searchers in Cosmos that we can get. And we don't want Redpoint to not participate in any way. And our goal is to like figure out how can we build this in a way that there's multiple people at the table that can participate in this. Um, and it can be a permissionless system. And, you know, like, you know, for all, for all that I believe in, in Redpoint, like, you know, there's a possibility that somebody's better, right? There's just, there at least is a possibility. And I would hate for those people to not have the opportunity to participate with their, you know, super advanced convex optimization backrunner that does, you know, 20% better because we're locked into one provider. That's sort of like how we, what we're afraid of or worried about. We, um, we're getting we're here at the uh, the top of the hour, um, and so I want to be respectful of all the speakers we have up here. Um, if you all are available, maybe we can hang on the line for just a few more minutes as we close out here. Um, but if you need to drop off, that's that's okay as well. Uh, I, I think one last thing I I want to circle back to before we just do some some closing comments, and maybe something that the speakers can can agree on and uh, maybe discuss is. Uh, how, how would you differentiate, um, you know, Cosmos um, and then EVM, James, when it comes to MEV? I know the Skip team touched on this a little bit at the beginning, but, um, you know, how do you, how do you see this trending? Um, what are some of the things you're excited about? Um, well, I understand where the question's coming from. Personally, I don't do very much research into, e into EVM chains. Um, Ethereum, I think, is pretty slow. <laughs> and bad compared to Cosmos. Um, so I put all my time and energy into Cosmos, um, but I obviously do see the uh, advantages of researching um, the types of approaches that have emerged on Ethereum. Um, so, and, and there's a lot of solutions in that space that are off-chain as well as on-chain. I think most of the off-chain solutions in that space are more focused on maximizing user swap rates rather than kind of these uh back running or arbitrage type solutions um but but yeah I, I don't focus my energy on that space as much um all right so question is like evm versus cosmos i mean there's yeah there's a lot of things first of all agree with what kyle said cosmos is better um and uh you know i think like one of the big differences is that Cosmos chains have preferences over what kind of MEV is captured. So one of the big things that Skip sort of like bet itself on is that Cosmos chains would want solutions that allowed for, yes, competition, but also preference expression. So for example, 
Astroport being able to say, I want a system that doesn't front run people, or like Osmosis saying, I want a system that doesn't front run people, it would be important, right? Those things are not important, apparently, to Ethereum as the L1, right? Because they happen all the time and they enshrined a system or they're, they're you know, mostly using a system, MevBoost or, or TBS, that, that allows for those things to happen. So I think those are two of the big differences. I think you have a, a, a stronger community presence. I think you have much more engaged validators that are more beholden and more honest and more responsible. Um, and therefore, they don't participate in things like that. Um, and they reject solutions that maybe make them a lot of money, but also sort of screw users, um, which is something that we just haven't seen in, in Ethereum. Um, so <laughs> that's, that's what I'd say. Great. Yeah. Um, it was just open-ended. I mean, obviously right now, um, when, when you look at, you know, some of the trends and Ethereum and um, the L2 scaling solutions on it, it's, I, I like to kind of like circle back and always talk about like maybe some of the things that we think um, makes Cosmos unique um, and, and helps Cosmos shine a little bit. And I think MEV is, is certainly one of them. And so yeah, thank you for sharing your thoughts in that regard. Uh, but since, since we are um, pushing a little bit over time, I think the, the last thing I'll just I'll ask is if uh, we'll, we'll go around the room um, feel free to speak up if you want to say anything, but is, is there any last minute pitch you want to give, um, anything you want to tell the community, uh, places you want them to go to learn more about things, engage in discussion? Uh, the floor is now yours. Uh, so I, uh, let's, let's go ahead and start with um, uh, Redpoint, and then we'll jump on over to Skip. Um, so as, as far as where to go to learn more, I think the second proposal that I posted on the Astroport um, forums is a is a great place. Um, it, it is very technical. I think um, a lot of less technical users may have some trouble understanding it. So, but it, if you do want to go learn more about it, I'm more than happy to have a conversation with, with anyone that doesn't understand anything in it or wants more clarification on any of those points. Um, but I, I definitely think that's the most detailed uh, breakdown. Yeah, uh, same. So we have two two proposals up, but like Redpoint, um, we didn't. I, I recommend looking at the second one. Um, I also think you know there. I mean, there was a signaling signaling proposal um, that doesn't have much more information itself, but uh, was was live and and recently passed. Um, and also also happy to sort of chat if anybody wants to reach out to us. In terms of any closing comments, I would say. Um, you know, this is it's just great that we get to do this. Um, you know, these are these are two systems that I think are both great and have, you know, different philosophical slants and, and different technical challenges that they try to solve for. But ultimately, this is sort of like how it's meant to be, right? Like this is sovereign MEV at its best, which is sort of what we're trying to solve for, which is chains and protocols being able to to pick their MEV solution, um, debate them openly, and who knows, you know. Maybe one of them gets picked one and it fails, and then we end up going the other direction. And then that's like a good learning for everybody, right? I do hope uh, that we can find some way to collaborate. Um, and uh, you know we're we're always here to try to move this space forward. And so happy, happy to engage wherever wherever else it's helpful for us to be. But thank you guys for having us on. Yeah, thank you, everybody. Yeah, that, yeah, thanks. Thanks, Skip team, thanks, Kyle. Uh, Jeremy Rebel, who who came up um, and spoke, and and thank you to the audience. 
uh, for everyone that tuned in today. Um, some pretty dense stuff, but um, hopefully you got something out of it. And if you need uh, to maybe rehash some of it, you know, the proposal is pinned at the top. So uh, maybe not light reading, but um, it's definitely educational and you'll probably learn something. Uh, but just wanted to say thank you. <laughs> and um, I'll, I'll say it if they don't say it. Uh, all these people that came up here, uh, go ahead and, you know, drop them a follow on Twitter, join their Discord if they have one. I don't know. Uh, Redpoint has Twitter, but, you know, go ahead and follow Kyle, you know, uh, get that follower count up for sure. And um, just just thank you all for coming. It was a pleasure to be your host today. Uh, and I look forward to chatting more in the future. Thank you. See you all later. Yep. Thanks for hosting and, and thanks everybody for attending. See you guys. Thanks for checking out another episode of the Ether. That was the Astroport Community Call, MEV on Astroport. Recorded on Wednesday, March 29th, 2023. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. And if you want to keep listening, head on over to TerraSpaces.org slash donate and show some support now. When we blow through the dust, volcanoes erupt. No one ever guessed that the game would be tough. Keep it hands off when the play is a bust. Plain old and just, so we keep it on the one. Blast off on the two. Help me see the three. Third eye open wide, checking out the scene. Razor beam focus, star scream jokers. Living off the fat of the people they approach. Tell me what happens when the land fights back with the cliffs at our backs make the last stand matter no one ever planned for the famine on deck we was walking all erect with the dead man swagger sitting in a little den vision in the middle men listen to the fiddle man play a little ditty then talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian lost in the maze trying to make the next billion Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze trying to make the next B-b-b-billion Little Dan envisioning the middle men Listen to the fiddle man play a little ditty then Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze trying to make the next No one gave a shit till the drugs all dried up Everybody died from a bad batch of Lysol But it didn't matter we was all hyped up When the pedal hit the metal he just didn't have the right skill Watched in the daytime till the night curfew Rats in a cage till they make time to murk you Got a little job that falls under my purview We gotta get this mob away from the birds view. Gotta find cover, wipe off the bird poop, ride off the work while you try on the worst juice. Blinded by perps who try to reverse truth, slide like Fox News just trying to lie to you. Eating up the slop like a bunch of hungry vagrants. I can't wait for the day they lock us up in stasis. Mock up a basement, could call me resilient. Waiting for the internet to make me a billion. In the middle men, listen to the fiddle man Play a little ditty then Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze, trying to make the next B-b-b-billion Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze, trying to make the next B-b-b-billion Channel Spaces